0: All right, We're in Kings again, and we're with Solomon as he's prepping for building the temple. We're in chapter 5, and we're going to be meeting Hiram, who is the king of Tyre, and this is um, a beneficial relationship that solomon has with somebody outside of israel and there's a bit of the fulfillment of the promise that solomon's going to be working with a gentile here and they're going to have actually a good relationship for now Uh, later on we're going to see that things kind of go sideways a little bit a few chapters later um, when solomon pays hiram for the work um, hiram's not going to be super happy with how it goes but for now it's a good start so chapter five now hiram king of Tyre sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that he'd been anointed that they had anointed him king in place of his father and Hiram always loved David so this is great there's this uh, good relationship with a Gentile and this is a pre-echo of the son of David Jesus and how he is going to be the beloved of kings as well and they call him the hope of the nations, the one that kings bow down to. And so here we have a foreshadow of the gospel where King David, in his anointing, has other kings come and love him. And Jesus also is the great king for whom all kings should hold the highest love. Verse 2, And Solomon sent word to Hiram, You know that David my father could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord said to my father, David, David my father, your son whom I shall set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me and my servants will join your servants and I will pay you for your servants such wages as you set for you know that there is no one among us Who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians? All right, so here is this invitation to work together from Solomon, and he puts his mission underneath God's greater purposes. So uh, Hiram loved David, and Solomon is making his invitation connected to his father David, explaining why David didn't start this. It wasn't God's will, because David was busied with warfare, but now that there's peace, Solomon can pick up the work of temple building which was on David's heart so this is a wise request you know uh, Solomon is capitalizing on his father's relationship with Hiram saying hey my father wanted to do this but couldn't because of the will of the Lord but now that there is rest on every side we can do this mission that God wants for us and David wants for us and I wants for us and then he also um praises Hiram and the skill of their labors and said hey we'll work together here and I'll pay you so this is a good um, setup and they need the wood for putting the stones together and for the temple and I think as well we're going to see that a lot of this wood um, is used in Solomon's own personal castle 5 verse 7, as soon as Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, blessed be the Lord this day, who has given to David a wise son to be over this great people. So this is a fulfillment of the Davidic promise, but now it's coming out of the mouth of a Gentile. So um, David's life and his son are bringing about praise to God from a Gentile king. So this is a great fulfillment of God's blessing coming through Israel. And if Israel had been faithful, this should have kept going, where the nations around Israel would be blessing the Lord because of the goodness of God to Israel. This was the come and see days of the faith. We live now in the go and tell days where we are meant to go out and make disciples throughout all the world. But these were the come and see days of Israel. And when Hiram sees what's going on in Israel, he praises the Lord. Verse eight, And Hiram sent to Solomon saying, I have heard the message that you sent to me. I am ready to do all you desire in the matter of the cedar and cypress timber. My servant shall bring it down to the sea from Lebanon and I will make it into rafts to go by sea to the place you direct, and I will have them broken up there, and you shall receive it, and you shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. This is a great little interchange. We actually learn a little bit about the uh, ancient Near East economy and how they did their woodwork. Um, This is Kind of reminds me of canada if you grew up in the 80s you may have remembered seeing the log drivers waltz on tv a lot where canada remembered their own logging business where where people would like uh, stand on logs and guide them down the river and break up log jams and stuff because rivers and waterways were the cheapest and easiest ways to transport wood and I'm not sure if they were even on boats here. Sometimes they would like make boats out of the wood and then pull them along. And then maybe that's what it means. Like I have them broken up there. Maybe that means like disassembling the wood that we've crafted into a raft or a boat. Yeah, there we go. I'll make it into rafts to go by sea. So very fascinating, just little glimpse into their economy there. And even when Solomon's talking about, hey, I've got peace on every side. All of that effort that what's going into warfare into the days of in the days of David All that economy and wealth can now go into building projects instead of warfare projects because of the peace of God being on them. So very interesting. Then Hiram asks for, um, in return for this specialized good of wood and timber, he wants general goods of food for his household. And so they're going to recount this, verse 10. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar and cypress that he desired, while Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household, and 20,000 cores of beaten oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. So there's a grain and oil for wood exchange going on here. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him, and there was Peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. So connecting, we've got this uh, economic connection here, but also this connection between the wisdom that God gave Solomon, producing peace, and even a political treaty between these nations. So this peace between these two nations that's enabling them to have a good economy that is going to facilitate the building of the temple is not just like something that happens, it's actually brought back in verse 12 to Uh, be a blessing that God worked through giving wisdom to Solomon. This is a very short chapter. Verse 13, then King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all Israel and the draft numbered 30,000 men and he sent them to Lebanon 1,000 a month in shifts and they would be a month in Lebanon and two at home and Adoniram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hill country besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge of the people who carried on the work. The king's command, they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gable did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. So we have a transition here from this uh, work treaty into Kind of the manpower that was going to accomplish it. Um, we have drafts going to Lebanon to work with uh, Hiram in getting the wood and then I'm assuming a lot of this wood was used in the stone cutting itself uh, but as well as in the setting up of the temple with these dressed stones and a dressed stone doesn't mean that they're ready to go partying it means that they're cut in the right shape to be used in the temple um so and then there's there's a couple ways to read this this is like a recollection of how much um, Israel was involved in building the temple Uh, it could be as well just this sign of like once you're drafting Israelites that's not great you might remember when uh King Solomon dies and Rehoboam comes up the people ask for um letting up on the amount of Forced labor, the Israelites are doing. It's essentially they're asking for a reduction in taxes because Solomon isn't asking for money from the Israelites. He's asking for time from them. So essentially, like if you're every third month of your life, you're going to work for the government. You know, that's like a what it, would that be thirty three percent tax <laughs> on your life or something like that. So this is um, quite involved. Now it's only thirty thousand men. It's not all the nation, but um, then there's 70,000 burden bearers, there's 80,000 stone cutters. So it's adding up a significant portion of Israel is involved in this uh, government work for building the temple. And this later on in Solomon's life is going to precipitate this quarrel between his son Rehoboam and the people. But at the moment here, this is like, it's it's um, it's a, more of a celebration of Israel getting to work in bringing these stones together and building up this temple and how it's working together with a Gentile king, which is a good thing. It's a fulfillment of uh, the promise of God that the blessings of Abraham would overflow into a blessings to the nations, and this is what it looks like is happening. As we go on later, we're going to hear about how all was not completely well, but now this is we're off to a good start of people working together, and so this is the beginning of Solomon's work project in the next. Uh, Chapter. We're going to uh, be looking more closely at the building of the temple. And we need to remember that the building of the temple is just an utter milestone, a humongous milestone in the history of Israel and the history of in all of human history, actually, as that temple is going to be. a way of God tracking how the people are doing. The destruction of the temple is uh, the biggest catastrophe in Israelite history. The rebuilding of the temple and Jesus' ministry in the temple and its second destruction under the Romans. And even now in Israelite history, there is conflict about the Temple Mount there and the Dome of the Rock that's there and uh, the Jewish people are there. It's already still this area of conflict because it was uh, made holy uh, with the temple being built on it. So this is the beginning of it, this partnership with Hiram and the preparing of the materials for building the temple. And in the next chapter, we're going to see it started. Be blessed.